Hello and welcome to episode number 101 of Random Thoughts. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, got a lot to talk about. It's 101. So to me, that just immediately sounds like we're doing a college course of some sort. That was always you know, the worst thing when you had to take something new, like, oh, it's it's physics 101. Like, you know nothing. So that's why you're here. And I know nothing, which is why I'm here doing the podcast, talking to you live today on the No Agenda stream. It's Wednesday, and I figured at this time period, at this time slot on the stream, which is the No Agenda time noon Eastern, there's live shows on the No Agenda stream on Monday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So I figured why not have one on Wednesday? So we're doing that today, and it's always fun doing shows live and being trolled along by everybody in the troll room that's available at noagendastream.com. The usual suspects are in there, Blitzed, Harry Hamster, Sir Matthew, and uh, Cold Acid. So it's always fun to be able to get fact-checked real-time. It's a little harder to pay attention to when I don't have Bemrose blathering on for uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes at a time like he does over on Grumpy Old Ben's, so I may miss a thing from, from time to time. But it's always fun to do these things live. And there's a lot to talk about. Last night, when it comes to the whole podcasting world, the Adam Curry episode finally dropped. And it was interesting because it was a it was a day of questions about what was going on with Spotify, as we may have talked about here on Random Thoughts. I know we did over on Grumpy Old Ben's and it's been talked about everywhere on the Internet. Joe Rogan going over to Spotify with a huge deal. They think about a hundred million bucks or something crazy like that. So, I mean, I get it. You take the money. We talked about the fact that there were a bunch of episodes that didn't make the cut, you know, technical difficulties moving from the YouTubers over to Spotify. So when it came time for Adam Curry, the Podfathers episode to drop yesterday, Joe Rogan posted it as I guess he is normally does over on Instagram that the episode was out. And then it took hours after that for the episode to show up first on YouTube and then on Spotify. I know Adam Curry was making some comments about it. Like it was a little, you know, nerve wracking, like having an IPO for a company going public. And he was well aware of the fact that there might've been some Spotify gremlins, some of those sensors that were, Maybe not happy about some of the Black Lives Matter talk about maybe some of the open Internet talk when it comes to Adam's new podcast index dot org project or when it comes to the ADOS thing. There was a lot of things talked about in the episode three hours and 18 minutes. I think it was on YouTube that this kind of the thing that made Rogan famous. He was never been afraid of looking at things in a different way talking to people who were on extreme sides on either left or right anywhere in between in outer space it didn't matter with joe rogan if he finds you to be interesting he'll talk to you and a lot of people don't like that anymore we're living in the new world order where it's dangerous to have somebody like you know milo yiannopoulos or alex jones on because their ideas are just so radical and they talked quite a bit about that in the episode, Adam Curry and Joe Rogan, about how crazy it is to want to silence the other side. And I've talked about that quite a bit myself because the logic doesn't make sense. If somebody is saying something that is so 
obviously out there and crazy. It should be really, really easy to come up with your counterpoint. It should be very easy for the other side to be like, well, no, he's nuts. And here's why. We've talked about this before with the little interaction I had with Jeremy Piven, an actor I really like, especially in Entourage. When he posted something, this was a few years back, you know, uh, Fox News and Rush Limbaugh. Oh, they lie about everything. So I did the usual thing. I asked that simple question. Well, give me one concrete example of them lying. Well, well if you have to ask for that, then you know, and that is where the breakdown comes for me. The people that say Donald Trump lies about everything. Same thing. Show me a concrete example and don't show me something where it was obviously misspeaking. Don't show me something that was just a little exaggerated. Don't show me something that is an honest mistake. And that seems to be impossible for people to do. But this is politics in 2020. Things are getting a little bit crazy. And it was hard to uh, to try to watch this. Uh, the Ro- Well, YouTube was very easy with the Rogan thing. I'll say that. But when it comes to the Spotify interface, I went into the Spotify interface because I was curious. And Lord knows I don't like downloading the extra DRM stuff that Spotify's forcing on you. Because, I mean, there's nothing says we love our customers more than throwing DRM at you. And the video, I just couldn't even find. And the web interface, I guess videos don't exist. Because even before the Curry episode dropped, I went, well, let me go look. And I looked at the previous episode, which was with Mike Tyson. And I couldn't figure anyway, didn't see anything in the web interface for Spotify to play the video. So, okay, no big deal. I found out the Curry thing was going to be on YouTube. So I downloaded it there. You know, always have to make a backup, something that may be a little harder to do once it's all Spotify. But I'm sure some enterprising folks will release a script or something to do that. But Adam mentioned this morning that the audio file that was then released for the show seemed to be running at the wrong speed. He's like, well, maybe it was a uh, an issue going from you know 48 the uh, kilohertz bit rate to 44.1. And I was, oh, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go see what this audio file sounds like. So I went back into on Waterfox, and maybe that's what's confusing Spotify and all that. But I went back into Waterfox. And I loaded up the Spotify web interface. I signed in with the Spotify account I've had for years, never use. But it, it was Ozzy Ball is my uh, Spotify account. So it goes back to the time when Ozzy Gian was managing the White Sox. And I logged in and I got three 30 second ads played and then silence. I'm like, well, what the hell? So I tried it again. I hit play again and I got five 30 second ads including a 30-second ad for Michelle Obama's podcast. Because, you know, if you're looking to listen to Joe Rogan and uh, Adam Curry, you you must want to listen to Michelle Obama's podcast, I think. At least that's what Spotify thinks. Five 30-second ads and then silence again. The episode just didn't play. So, I don't know. Joe Rogan, your fans are going to have a hard time with the Spotify thing. And their system just seems to be horrible. And I'm sure it's something I'm doing. I'm sure it's something with a pie hole, ad blocking. I'm sure it's something with using maybe Waterfox. I didn't try any other browsers. But the fact that I can't even get an MP3 to play. But your four or five ads can play 
So, you know, it's not like there was a problem playing the audio. They may be trying to push the actual show audio through whatever DRM they're using. And then my system's going, no, thank you. But this is just going to open up for a lot of people to have to pirate Joe's content in order to get it in an easy way. And maybe that's the right thing to do. He's still getting paid. It's win win. Then he's still getting paid. Although then Spotify will go bankrupt because they won't be able to sell any ads. I mean, five ads before you were even going to give me the MP3 Spotify. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but I understand why Adam Curry is uh, all for the value for value model and not running ads. It just seems to work better. And I think the producers of the show, everybody listening has a better experience than having to listen to minutes and minutes of ads right up front. But I get it. I get why that system is in existence. I get that it's bringing in money. But doing ads in the, within the podcast itself is at least less annoying. I don't mind all shows that run ads where the people that are doing the show will spend a minute or two talking about a sponsor and you know it's an ad and they tell you it's an ad, but it doesn't really necessarily interrupt the flow of the show. And some of the shows that I listen to, like Tell Them Steve Dave which is the guys from the Kevin Smith universe uh, Q from uh, impractical jokers as well as uh, Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan, you know, they, they do the ads in a way that doesn't make you want to just skip right through it. It's kind of like the no agenda when they do the content during the donation segments. That's some of the most entertaining stuff. Well, tell them Steve Dave figures out ways to have fun with the ads. And I know they've lost sponsors because they've had too much fun with the ads at times, but you know, that I'll deal with the Joe Rogan thing, Spotify, where you want to throw a bunch of ads before the show. Uh, I'm not really for that. And uh, Harry hamster, I do not subscribe to premium. That may be a difference. Maybe if you subscribe to premium, they don't throw the ads at you. I'm sure somebody will know that and can post that somewhere, you know, no agenda social or the no agenda troll room. If they throw you ads, if you're on the uh, I would hope not, but there are some of these services that you have to pay for and then they still want to give you ads and then that gets a little bit crazy. But there is still insanity going on in the world. Go check out the Joe Rogan interview with Adam Curry. It's episode, uh, episode 1533, of course, of the Joe Rogan show. The one thing I will say, I noticed a big change in the dynamic between adam and joe and it may just be because they were both a little bit loose coming in from imbibing a little bit and uh, doing you know a couple other things before the show started but this really seemed to me were the first interview that adam did with rogan and we know from listening to the no agenda show adam was all jacked up on it and he was very honored to be even asked and it was something that he wanted to do for a long time and i think he went in Maybe you know a little nervous about it, and the dynamic was definitely one of an interviewer and interviewee for that first Rogan and Curry episode. But this one that dropped yesterday, fifteen thirty three, it really did come across as two good friends having a good time and having a good conversation. And I know Joe is taking a lot of heat in the comments that he was interrupting too much and he was a little too drunk or whatever, but. I don't know. Overall, I don't think that took away from the conversation, even though it was a little scattered at times. 
it was very much so more of just like two buddies talking where you know somebody says something and if you something else comes to your mind or you think they're full of crap you tell them immediately and that was what the dynamic kind of seemed to me and i really enjoyed it so be sure to check that out it's well worth watching you may need to break it up into a few segments it was three hours and 18 minutes long but it didn't feel that way you know it seems shorter than the movie titanic let's just put it that way so check that out but there's a rasmussen poll that just came out that i think is interesting that is more telling than a lot of the things that we've been seeing when it's when you're coming up to this election and this is 57 percent of likely voters agree with donald trump that quote restoring patriotic education is essential to rebuilding a quote shared national identity focused on common american values and virtues and while that might not sound like a lot it's an interesting concept because beyond fighting between the republicans and the democrats like we have here in the united states and they always fight there's no question about that right now there is a fight around the whole world whether or not having national identities is even a good thing we're seeing this in the uk with the brexit and i know they're they're making a lot of people mad including our buddy comic strip blogger who isn't happy that they're leaving the uk but there's a lot of people who are quite happy that were never happy that the United Kingdom went in to the EU and gave up a lot of their sovereignty and gave up a lot of their own identity. And I don't think it's a bad thing that different countries have their own national identity or that they're proud of their country and that they want to be able to teach their values and their virtues. The fact that 57% of likely voters in the United States believe that there should be more patriotic education and a shared national identity focused on common American values and virtues, I think is a positive sign because no politician is perfect. There's no question about that. But I think it was Ronald Reagan that said America is the shining house on the hill that the rest of the world looks to. And we've lost that. We've lost it over the last few years. We've lost that to bowing down to other countries, letting other countries control our economy. And we all know how that road went. We all know what happens when you let China make most of your products and then China will cut you off. We know what happens when China owns a vast majority of your uh, athletes and businesses and all that. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. And having a national identity is not a bad thing this is not a racist country i don't believe that the country was built upon racism as you're seeing a lot of people on the left claiming right now i don't believe that the problems that we have here in the united states and there are problems are worse than any other country i mean it's fairly simplistic to say as old uncle ted nugent would that uh Everybody sucks, but we suck less. But there's a certain amount of reality to that. There is a lot of countries in the world that are way, way, way behind the United States 
in so many ways. But this is why we have to point to these things that are meant to divide people. And we were just having a conversation with Martin JJ over on No Agenda Social about this thing. And there's no question that the politics right now are divisive. The left is really pushing the divisiveness. We've talked about the Black Lives Matter organization and how hypocritical they are because they're not in Chicago where people are getting shot every day. They're not in St. Louis. They're not in Baltimore. They're not in Africa, but they're rioting over individual cases that happen between police officers and people who have broken the law. That there are some of these that were a little too extreme. I'll give you that. But the concept of dividing people over this, the end result of this is not to make a better America under the system that we're in. The folks at the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter want to destroy the whole system that we've got going here and usher in a new utopia of communism, Marxism, you know, all those good isms that have never worked anywhere before. But, you know, Bernie Sanders says we just haven't tried. We haven't tried it yet. But if we do it, we do it. It could be different. I guess Bernie doesn't understand the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. But that's what you have here. That's what you have with Joe Biden. You keep expecting a different result from a guy that's been around for as many years as he has. Uh, But the radical left, they want to divide people. There's no question about it. The black and white thing. I mean, this has been at uh, a fever pitch and I'm 50 years old. This is something that throughout the first 45 so years of my life didn't really have much of it on the radar. Maybe it's just because I wasn't looking for it, but day to day didn't see the issues that we're seeing now. We went through eight years of a black president in Barack Obama, and we didn't hear any talk about this systemic racism. It's weird. The left wants to separate the black and white. They want to separate the rich and poor. They want to make the police the enemy of the people, even though the police are there to do a job to serve and protect. You know, this is all right out of the playbook. That's been going on for years. We've mentioned the Weather Underground, Bill Ayers before. You know, do your own homework on that again. You'll find some really interesting stuff. But you keep hearing these lies, stuff like Trump disparaged vets. And the left runs with this over and over again. Again, if Trump was such a bad guy, why wouldn't you be able to bring things to the forefront that would be easy to prove that you would have evidence to prove it? But they don't. They continue running with stories from anonymous sources who don't want to be quoted with their name. You know, we we can't tell you who they are. I mean, here's a good way to figure out in this particular case when it comes to Trump disparaging the veterans of whether or not it's true. Uh, Even Bolton stood up. John Bolton stood up and said, no, that that's that's BS. I mean, here's a guy who's been trying to make a career out of tearing Donald Trump down over the last couple of years. If even he says they're full of crap with this one, you know that uh, it doesn't pass the sniff test. And the left again, come on, you can do better. If Trump is really such a bad guy, bring me the evidence. Show me, show me the evidence. Give me proof. 
And this is how you change people's minds. You don't do it by silencing the other side. You don't do it by censoring the other side. Well, you do. That's how you have to do it. If your side doesn't have anything backing up your arguments, then you do have to silence the other side and you do have to create strife and you do have to create a world where burning cities down. I think I saw a stat that said 48 of the 50 largest cities in the United States have seen rioting this summer. So, yay, we're doing really well. As Adam Curry said on Rogan yesterday, he quoted Malcolm X, and he's talked about this on the Mo Facts podcast as well, which got like 8,000 mentions yesterday on the Rogan show. So the Mo Facts show should be getting a nice bump. He said uh, Malcolm X, before he went way radical, had it right. A white guy and a black guy have to be able to sit down and have a conversation and hash all this stuff out if you're going to have any real change when it comes to racism or issues that fall along those lines. Now, it's really hard to have a conversation in a climate where people like Black Lives Matter, the organization, are vilifying everybody on the other side. And you can't have a conversation when that is the case. Vilifying the other side is what you do again when you totally want to try to discredit the other side because you know you can't do so with legitimate means. It's the same reason Nancy Pelosi doesn't want Joe Biden to debate Donald Trump because she knows these two guys go head to head and it's going to be a glorious thing if it happens that Biden's not going to be able to hold his own. Biden is slipping big time. It was what the stenographer that worked in the White House when Biden was there that said he seems like a totally different guy, that he slipped that quickly in under four years since leaving office, that the guy talking now is nothing like the guy that spent eight years as the vice president. And we get it. We understand why. Donald Trump Jr. mentioned that in an interview with Bill O'Reilly last week. We've heard it on the No Agenda show multiple times that Joe Biden has had multiple aneurysms where they had to go in and poke around in his brain. Now, I don't know. I would think that would be an interesting issue for the press to at least discuss when you're talking about a guy running for president that would be the oldest elected president ever if he wins. They want to talk about Donald Trump's health, but they don't want to talk about the health of Joe Biden. Why is it? I don't know. We had eight years of Biden, though. We had eight years of Obama. Why was there no talk of systemic racism? I don't know. Joe Biden has been in office. He got elected to the Senate. I believe it was in 1972 or 1973. So pretty much my whole life, he has been in office. And go back. I mean, we have the ability to find video and audio now from the last 50 years. Somebody find me audio or video of Joe Biden talking about systemic racism up until, you know, that wasn't just within the last year. Somebody show me that because I don't believe it exists because it certainly wasn't even on their radar. This is just the the insanity that we have going on now that we have a guy all of a sudden he's going to be the white knight. Wow, that sounded racist. He's coming in and 
he's going to save us all because Joe's going to make a difference. He's been in public office for 50 years. What difference has he made? It's the same question that was asked with Barack Obama for completely different reasons. It was because in Obama's case, he didn't even really have a voting record because he was the king of voting present rather than yes or no. And when it comes to Joe Biden, his record speaks for itself. Uh, He really was not interested in or didn't believe in systemic racism up until, well, now in the election. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? I don't think it's hard to figure out, but the public's going to have to do so. You look at Kamala Harris. She was once a fierce district attorney, but now she's also kowtowing to the radical left. She's moved completely to the left. One of the most liberal senators that we have. And uh, I don't really get it. I don't get the media calling her a moderate. Although I don't understand, did anybody see Joe Biden actually said, and this wasn't just Biden being confused. This was Biden, I believe, actually knowing what he was saying. And this is how quickly they will flip the narrative to try to confuse people. Joe Biden actually said that Donald Trump was the only person that wanted to defund the police. And I heard that and I just sat there confused for a minute because this wasn't Joe stumbling over his words. This wasn't Joe just misspeaking. This is what he wanted to say. And I want to know if he really believes that, because if he does, then Joe Biden has an issue, whether it's dementia, something like that. But he has a serious mental impairment if he really believes that Donald Trump is the person that's trying to defund the police. I don't know. It's kind of scary when you think about it, that this guy could be elected and made president. I don't know how long he would last, but that's another story entirely. Then you have Kamala Harris, who, of course, had to go meet with Jacob Blake the guy that was shot by the Kenosha police. And she told him that she was proud of him. Yeah, this is a woman who was a district attorney that went hard after a lot of criminals, including those with just drug offenses. But now here she is with a guy calling, saying that she was proud of him. Now, this is a guy who allegedly assaulted a woman in front of her child, stole her car, then came back to where she called the police, not all in the same day. There was the first incident where she sexually assaulted, uh, was sexually assaulted, and then he stole her car, and then she got a restraining order against him. So on the day that he was shot by the police, he showed up at her house. She called the police for protection, which is what the police are there for. They walk into a dangerous situation. They find a guy who is not going to comply with them. They find a guy who fights back. They find a guy with a knife. They find a guy who puts a cop into a headlock because that's always the thing you want to do in order to not get shot by the police. It's always good to be confrontational 
and put one of them into a headlock. I would highly recommend that if you want to get shot. Resist arrest. Now, which of these things, Ms. Harris, are you most proud of when it comes to Jacob Blake? Was it him breaking into the woman's house and sexually assaulting her in front of her child? Is that what you're proud of? Was it him then showing back up at her house after she had gotten a restraining order against him? Is that what you're proud of? Him stealing her car? Is that what you're proud of? Him putting the cop into a headlock? Is that what you're proud of? Him resisting arrest, not going down after being shot a couple times with the taser? Is that what you're proud of? Or him going into his vehicle, opening the door, reaching in for a weapon. Is that what you're proud of? I can't figure it out, Ms. Harris. I'd like to know exactly what you're proud of. Because do this again. Kamala Harris, while she was out on the campaign trail fighting Joe Biden, said we should believe all women because there's an accuser of Joe Biden who says he did something very similar to what the woman said Jacob Blake did to her. Kamala Harris, while she was fighting Joe Biden, we must believe all women. That's changed now. Interesting, isn't it? But nobody calls her out on it. Nobody in the mainstream media calls her out on it. And how do you not? How do you have that immediate change and nobody questions it? Just like nobody's questioning Joe Biden. Like, well, where was systemic racism? Racism while you were in the Senate for what 30 something years where was systemic racism while you were vice president for eight years where was it joe he's getting softball questions from the media it's pretty ridiculous as is kamala harris being proud of a violent sex offender who attacks women i mean if you're if you're so proud of that this is really what this election is about You have somebody on the ticket in Kamala Harris that said she is proud of a guy charged with sexually abusing a woman in front of her child, stealing her car, violating a restraining order, fighting with the police, and then reaching into his vehicle for a weapon before the police finally shot him. Proud. You must be so proud, Kamala. I don't know how. I don't know what you're proud of. But it does seem that she's maybe proud of the fact that all of these things, including the Breonna Taylor and George Floyd incidents, they've caused the violence. And the left seems to want violence. If somebody can prove anything against that, I'd love to see the evidence because it seems to me that the left has been thriving on violence. And oh, man, do we have violence here in the United States. Labor Day weekend, 51 people shot, seven killed in Chicago. And I know we're number one. But New York, man, New York is getting close. I can see why Nick the Rat stays down in the sewers, because 37 people were shot in New York City on Monday alone. Now, on Tuesday, let's just remember. 37 people shot in New York on Monday. On Tuesday, Mayor Bill de Blasio said that the weekend had been, quote, overwhelmingly peaceful. (laughs) Overwhelmingly peaceful. 37 people were shot the day before. I want to know how your definition is. uh, How do you you come up with that uh, 
that definition, Mayor de Blasio, of overwhelmingly peaceful when 37 people were shot on Monday alone. I don't get it. Seattle, where our buddy Ryan Bemrose is, well, just outside of Seattle, he'll tell you. 22 people were arrested this weekend after hurling Molotov cocktails at the police. I mean, again, if you want to know a surefire way to get arrested, and I'm surprised they didn't get shot because I think the cops should have every right if people are throwing Molotov cocktails at them to start shooting to protect themselves. Sanity has to be has to be brought back into this country and realize that there are some criminals out there where the use of extreme and or deadly force is necessary to stop them. Uh, In Portland over the weekend, 200 people arrested as riots continue. Some great mugshots. I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, you know what the Antifa folks look like. They're the ones with like the uh, purple and green hair, but they're not really cut in any way that makes them look nice. They usually have like face piercings and all this kind of they're just scary looking kids who probably didn't have good parents. I will go along with that. And that's something that uh, Adam Curry brought up in the Joe Rogan show yesterday as well, which is the people that actually have two parents, especially when you have two parents that are both engaged with your life that is a privilege and a lot of kids don't have that even if they have both parents around the parents are just uh clueless as to what's going on like we believe is uh the case with kellyanne conway and her husband and their daughter who's been posting some uh, interesting stuff to the social medias having two parents that are actually engaged with your life and telling you and guiding you, which is what parents are supposed to do, then you do have. You have the privilege of not making as many mistakes. And I think a lot of these rioters and looters were just never told not to be a jerk. You know, that your life is uh is more important than going out into a, a war zone and possibly getting yourself arrested or killed. But these folks think they're fighting to change the world and all they're really doing is playing the part of a pawn in a much bigger game that they don't even understand. Uh, It is interesting, though, Joe Biden, finally, people have been waiting for a long time for anybody on the Democratic side to condemn Antifa. And he does come out and say that this past week, saying I've condemned it across the board. The president still hasn't condemned the far right folks coming out and protesting and using violence, which I thought was hilarious. Because this is where the left is going. Joy Reid said, oh, you know, the Black Lives Matter protesters, they're never the ones committing violence. They're not the ones out there that are violently rioting and looting. Those are all the hard right people. (laughs) It's like you're not looking at the same videotapes that I am. And you're not basing this in reality. But this is where the lies and the extreme lies keep coming into effect because nobody is fact checking this stuff. The news media continues to blather on with absolute lies that, oh, no, these violent riots. By the time the election comes around, you know, CNN will be talking about the violent riots for all summer. And it was all just the hard right people. It's all Trump's fault. They're trying to rewrite history, though. 
CNN had a clip of Joe Biden where they showed a a photo of him looked like it was maybe from the 70s or so. And it was Joe Biden holding one of his kids who was wearing a Washington Redskins, you know, winter cap. And in the photo, very clear to see the Washington Redskins logo when CNN ran it. Guess what? Somebody had photoshopped that picture to remove the Washington Redskins logo from his little kid's cap. This is how far the media is willing to go. This is what happens when you create the monster where every little thing that might offend somebody is absolutely ridiculous. That you're going to try to silence everything, erase everything, when you have to worry about a little Washington Redskins logo on a kid's cap from a photo from decades ago. That's worrisome to me because you are not giving an accurate look at the history of that photo. Now, I don't know how you feel about that kind of stuff, but if they're willing to do it for something as meaningless as a Washington Redskins logo on a kid's cap, then you really have to wonder what big things they're changing, don't you? I mean, I do. And this is why you have to do your own homework. This is why you have to check a multitude of sources. But we do have the domino effect. I hate to keep referring to the the great episode with Rogan and Curry, but Adam talked about his family working for some of those three letter agencies and one of them working down in a uh, in another country that would plant stories in the newspaper. So the papers here could then report on it in such a way that made the United States look good. This stuff has been going on for a long, long time. So it's impossible at this point to point to any article in any news source from around the world and go, oh, this proves something. And the problem is once somebody posts an article, you know, in the Argentine Post, well, it goes all the way around the world just quoting that story. We talked about that in the story of the Rachel Brummert case, the woman who thought she got COVID from her groceries. One little news station here in South Carolina, I think it was, reported on this, and newspaper outlets, news outlets all over the world picked it up and took that one story as fact, but then they reported it themselves, which we look at COVID-19 now, where there's a report that just came out that is blaming the Sturgis motorcycle rally for like 19% of all new cases throughout the United States. I mean, I guess the concept is you have people in one location, there's a super spreader event, and then they all go back to where they're originally from all over the United States. And of course, this is spreading COVID. Now, did we hear any stories about the rioting and looting causing COVID? No, no, because they like the rioting and looting but they don't like the Sturgis motorcycle rally because those people that show up at Sturgis, they're crazy, freedom-loving, gun-toting hippies that just want to uh, ride their motorcycles and have fun. Well, not hippies. They're uh, you know bikers and hippies. Well, they used to be on two totally different sides until uh, Willie Nelson came along, I think. 
And he kind of brought the two of them together. Yes, Harry Hamster says 250,000 cases are being blamed upon the Sturgis rally. And it's like, well, that's because they don't like the biker dudes. They don't like the people that are going to fly the Trump flags. They don't like the people that are going to go their own way and maybe, you know, not wear a mask out in public. You can't have anybody challenging the the government. That's that's really scary for them. So we can't have that. Rioting and looting didn't cause a problem. Now, of course, as we predicted when it comes to covid and colleges, we already told you what was going to happen when kids went back to colleges, universities around the country and the world. Cases were going to start going back up because why kids want to party, why they're all getting together, they're in close quarters. And we know there is a massive amount of testing going on. A lot of these colleges are testing all the students, no matter what. People that would have never gone for a test otherwise, who aren't feeling sick, who don't have any symptoms, but we're going to test them and we're going to get positives and we're going to freak out, which is why the only number we should really be looking at is the death total and the hospitalization total. But now what happens when you have all of these cases? Now, these universities, if they were legitimate at looking at the science, would say, well, you know, kids in this age range, you know, 18 to 25 or so, not really getting hit hard with this virus, even when they get it, usually just minor symptoms, maybe sick for a day or so, and then they get over it. Well, we want herd immunity. So it's really a bad idea to let the younger generation be exposed to this as countries like Sweden did. Got a lot of bad, a lot of bad press. But now you're seeing that uh, maybe they didn't do such a bad job. But here's the thing now. I sound like Joe Biden here. Let me give you the whole load. Hey, man, these colleges have a influx of cases that are showing up as positive. I mean, let's forget the fact that maybe a lot of these are false positives. But what do they do after getting all of these kids to get together? The start of school, they're seeing COVID pockets breaking out. So what are they doing? They're sending the kids home. I don't understand the logic of this. Even if you believe that these kids are all sick and these aren't false positives, sending them back home would be the exact worst thing you can do. It's what they're blaming Sturgis for. Well, you had a bunch of people in one place. They got sick and then they all spread it around the country. Bad bikers. But if college kids all get together and get it, what do they do? They send them home so they can infect their parents and their grandparents and whoever else they run into all around the country. We can have massive amounts of virus spread. Even Anthony Fauci says, quote, it's the worst thing you could do. So why are they doing it? Why? I don't understand. What happened to just stay in your room? Quarantine yourself if you have a positive test. Just like Cuomo sent all those people back into the nursing homes. Why are all these colleges who believe they have a bunch of positive tests? Why are they sending all these kids back home? It doesn't make any sense at all. But then again, so much of this stuff doesn't make sense that uh, it just gets a little bit crazy.
And of course, we have a crazy story here when it comes to kids back in school. And this was the case of a student, 12 years old, who was suspended for having a toy gun. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Having a toy gun that flashed on a Zoom call for about like two seconds. And the response for this was absolutely nuts. And of course, you know, I closed the window with the story on this and I wanted to quote that. So now that we're doing live shows, now, you know, see, I made a mistake. It's the first one of the episode. If Pemrose was here, I would just let him start talking while I found what I needed here. But uh, when you're doing it live, as they say, that uh, sometimes things are a little bit crazy. This is what live radio is all about. Here we go. We have a reason article on it, and that'll give you all the information you could possibly need to know. Isaiah Elliott is the boy's name. It was obviously a toy gun, too, which is the uh, the scary thing about this. Uh, he's a 12-year-old boy, lives in Colorado Springs, and he is very fond of his neon green Nerf gun. I know that neon green guns, yes, live radio does suck, Sir Bemrose. Let me tell you, in the No Agenda Troll Room, we're being trolled along because that's what happens when you can't find your article quick enough. But a neon green Nerf gun that has the word zombie hunter written on it. So maybe, maybe this was offensive to zombies everywhere. Maybe that was the problem with this gun that 12-year-old Isaiah Elliott had. But like a lot of kids, he's doing school from home. And he had this on the couch next to him, I guess, which I mean, it's nice. I never thought about being able to attend a class while sitting on a couch. That's, you know, kind of a nice thing. That's where this uh, schooling from home is really a good idea. You could just kick back in the lazy boy and be a part of what's going on. Now, I guess his toy gun was sitting next to him. He picked it up. And he put it on the other side of him. So I don't know why, but it showed up on screen, they said, for like a second or two, as all he literally did was pick it up. It was on the left side of him and put it on the right side or vice versa. Now, it said the teacher was fairly certain the gun was a toy. It's neon green. I don't know. I only own a few pistols. But I've never gone into the gun store and saw a huge selection of neon green nine millimeters or 45. You know, I just don't see neon green as a normal color for a gun. But the teacher was scared. The teacher was triggered. And uh, Isaiah is a, a black kid, too. So, I mean, this is very dangerous for this teacher in Colorado Springs, maybe, that he might have had a real gun. So what did she do? She alerted the authorities (laughs) on a 12-year-old just sitting there on his couch, bored, listening to whatever this teacher was blathering on about, and the police were called to the child's home before the school even alerted the parents about it. Now, this is where we're going to again, that a kid has a toy gun and the police are called because he dared to have this on screen for like a second or two during his zoom class 
In a statement, the district explained that all school board policies would be enforced regardless of whether we are in-person learning or distance learning. Quote, we take the safety of all of our students and staff very seriously. Safety is always our number one priority. So do they think he could shoot somebody if this was a real gun through a Zoom call? I mean, are they that confused on how this works that they think somebody's safety was in jeopardy? I mean, I guess maybe they're thinking it could have been a real gun, but it was green and it was a Nerf gun. And, you know, maybe the teacher could have said, hey, Isaac, Isaiah, I'm sorry. Hey, Isaiah, um, what do you got there? He'd have been like, hey, I got me a Nerf gun. Pretty awesome, huh? But no, the teacher calls the cops and the cops show up at the kid's house and he gets a five day suspension. Isaiah, maybe his parents would be better uh, homeschooling him because this is the kind of insanity that's going on in this world that should just never be happening. A Nerf gun getting a kid, not only a five day suspension. I mean, hey. Better for him. He doesn't have to listen to that teacher blather on for five days. But a five-day suspension for having a toy gun in the privacy of his own home. Welcome to 2020. I hope you're enjoying it. I really do. And uh, I'd like to say I see it's going to be getting better anytime soon. But I don't really see that. I don't. If you do, if you think I'm wrong, feel free. Reach out, Darren, at randomthoughts.com, D-A-R-R-E-N, at R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. We do have a few people to thank for this show. First and foremost, our buddy Larry from That Larry Show, who, in celebration of episode number 100, he sent me a long note, and he said he felt like a chooch, his words, not mine, that he didn't send in a little audio message because I sent one into him when he had episode 100. But long story short is my mom had been in the hospital with her double bypass. So I was late with one show and I posted it on Saturday and I wanted to get back on the schedule. So I did the next show on Wednesday. And I know a lot of people and Larry said he thought he had more time. It's cool. I don't mind. It's okay. I can fill the time myself as you see talking not really a problem for me but larry sent me a bottle of telemore dew irish whiskey cider cask finished and i haven't opened it yet i'm gonna wait for a nice day here to celebrate something and be able to kick back and enjoy that but it is very much appreciated because larry's list he's larry's not only a guy who does one hell of a show and one hell of a storyteller at that larry but obviously he pays attention and he listens because he knows I like Irish whiskey. And when I opened up the box and I got a call the day before from FedEx, the automated system saying, we need somebody over 21. We will be getting a, a delivery. Okay, fine. And when the FedEx guy got here, I mean, I had my wallet sitting right by the door. I'm like, I was thinking to really want to see my ID as the alert said and i figured at least i was gonna have to sign for it because you know bottle of irish whiskey but the fedex guy walked up the, the walkway 
I opened up the front door before he even got there. He just smiled, handed me the box, and said, have a good day. Didn't ask for a signature, wasn't wearing a mask, seemed like a happy dude. And I can see why. You don't have to ask people for their signatures anymore, even though the all the stickers on the outside of the box were like, must be 21 or over, signature required. Yeah, yeah, not during COVID. I'm guessing all of this stuff is uh, a little bit different right now. Probably rightfully so. But if, you know, if you're underage and you're looking to get some booze and you have a credit card, might be a great way to do it. Not saying that's something you should try, kids, but uh, it's kind of like voting twice. It feels good. We also have a couple other people that came in with donations in celebration of episode 100. 25 bucks from our buddy Eric VM, who said 100 is nice, dude. So was your talk about Vin Scully more than I ever knew. And I've lived in Southern California my whole life. Well, I have to say, Larry also mentioned Vin Scully in the note that he sent me that his father-in-law was actually a classmate of Vin Scully and that they used to see him in church all the time. Vin is a legend and he has been a lot of fun to uh, follow on social media. Um, It was sad. It was right about the time that Tom Seaver passed away. And that was right. I found out about that right after recording episode 100 of Random Thoughts. And that was a bummer. Tom Seaver passing away at 75. My mom's favorite Major League Baseball pitcher ever. We just did a whole episode on him just a few episodes ago. We knew he had the dementia. Of course, they put him down with the COVID as well. But it was it was a sad day to hear that Tom had passed. But Vin Scully tweeted about Tom Seaver saying he was the best right-handed pitcher he had ever witnessed. And Vin Scully, I mean, he's seen just about everybody. So that is was definitely high praise. Vin Scully is. I mean, people throw around those words, national hero, national treasure. Vin Scully is one of those guys, just one of the best when it comes to being able to craft a yarn and take you away to a different place. If you've never checked out Vin Scully's work, I really highly recommend you do. We also had 25 bucks from Sir Quiston, who said, just wanted to say and show my appreciation for random thoughts. We appreciate that. Like I said, we appreciate everybody that listens to this show. Everybody that's hanging out with us live right now in the troll room, including Ryan Bemrose, who's always trying to troll me. That's okay. I get it. I understand it. But we appreciate the people that listen to the show. We really appreciate the people that come in with a little financial assistance to keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good, the whiskey flowing, all that kind of stuff. If you want to take part in that, we do the value for value model, which means if you got any value out of the show, it's up to you to decide what kind of value you got and then go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and click the little donate button or use the QR code if you want to use Bitcoin as our buddy comic strip blogger does. Or you can go to the P.O. box address and use snail mail. That way you can feel good. And you can keep the postal service going as well. Okay, so that was random thoughts number 101. And you can tell my voice is going a little bit. That's the one thing doing this show live is you don't get to take little breaks. You don't get to sip your coffee just as much. But I hope it brings that little extra live bit of excitement that anything can happen. And it probably will. 
part to the show. So we hope you enjoy that. We hope you're always enjoying what you're hearing here on Random Thoughts. If you keep listening, we'll keep doing them. We'll be back for 102 next Wednesday. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.